Hey everybody, thanks for joining us again for another edition of the Grobecast. Uh, thanks for joining us. And let me just say, take a minute, because I don't get to actually just talk to everybody there. Thanks for joining in and watching all these. We get a lot of good feedback. Um, we, this all comes from the heart. We enjoy doing it. Got a great producer behind the mic right now, Emily, who does a great job making everything sound and look good. And it's a group effort for sure. But we enjoy it. We enjoy trying to bring different uh, aspects of the church and life to you through this. So thanks for watching. Thanks for your feedback. Today, I'm very, very excited because uh, the last couple of podcasts we've had, we're getting some people that I'm just really becoming friends with and building relationships with, and I'm really excited about today because I get to talk to Kevin Harney. Uh, Kevin Harney is a very well-known author and speaker and pastor. He's written the uh, trilogy of books about organic outreach. He has organic outreach for the church and for, the, uh, for you, for yourself, organic outreach for individuals, as well as for the family. He's also written uh, great books for pastors about faith and about saying no, and just for people in general. He has a heart to get the message of the gospel out to people in many different ways. He uh, is the lead pastor right now at Shoreline Community Church in Monterey, California, but he's also pastored in Grand Rapids, Michigan, hoo-ha, and uh, Glendora, California. He's married to Sherry, who's from Michigan, and uh, they have their kids who still live back this way with us, and so... Um, look for him to show up at Cherry Grove someday. We've already talked about that. He uh, has written a lot of different books and is a great speaker. His number one goal, though, is to see people grow to love God and grow in Christ in their relationship. So had a chance through Zoom to sit down with him not long ago and have a good conversation. This is the product of that, and I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for watching and listening. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Grovecast. I'm Brian Farmer, as you know, and to my uh, left here. I'm honored. I really am honored. I know uh, it's a great privilege for me to be able to share the screen with Pastor Kevin Harney, Shoreline Community Church in now what part of California? Monterey, right along the Central California coast. Monterey. They've written songs about where you live. There's been some big uh, outdoor music com com uh, you know, concerts and different things in this area. So it's an interesting, interesting place. Yeah. I bet it is. Now you're an original California boy, right? Yep, I was born and raised in Southern California, coastal Southern California, a little town called Huntington Beach, and now I'm, I spent 20 years in Michigan and loved it. I married a, I married a Michigan girl, uh, my wife's from Holland, and my mom's a Michigan girl from Flint, so I got a lot of Michigan, two of my three boys were born in Michigan and live back there now, so I got a lot of roots in Michigan, but then we've been back in California for 11 years. I knew you were in Holland, I didn't realize that Miss Sherry was from Holland there, so uh, good. Now, where do your boys live in Michigan, back where you lived before? Yeah, my oldest son lives in the uh, Grand Rapids area, in an area called East Grand Rapids. And then my youngest son is a pastor at uh, Peace Church in uh, Middleville, a uh, nice little beautiful small town south of Grand Rapids. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, there are some beautiful places through there. I'm sure you enjoyed living there. You pastored there for 20 years, correct? 20 years, and I love the people and love the area, and uh, we go back probably oh, four or five times a year with all of our, my wife's families there still, and we love every time we get to go to Michigan. And the where you live in Michigan is beautiful as well. Uh, we come, we're, we spend time up in northern Michigan every summer for a little break. I do some writing and uh, sermon work uh, up in northern Michigan, and so we're, we know your area, and it's very beautiful. It is. I've only been here going on eight years. I'm from Ohio originally and did time in Kentucky as well, uh, or did time. I pastored in Kentucky, but um, I loved it there. I loved it there for sure, but 
this is Northern Michigan's where it's at, as far as I'm concerned. It's a beautiful place. Um, yeah. So take us back. That kind of leads us into your life and ministry. You're born in California. Uh, talk about your call and, and where God's led you to where you're at now, if you don't care. Yeah, Brian. So here's, uh, I, I grew up in, a, in what I call a fairly healthy, loving, atheistic home. And so I uh, never went to church, didn't know anything. But I, a couple of times when I was little, went to the Episcopal church. It was a social thing, but it really wasn't uh, a faith thing. And so when I uh, met some people who loved Jesus, and let me tell you, Brian, they're ordinary people, high school and college kids who loved Jesus, who believed the gospel, believed the word of God, and they were shining the light and sharing about their love for Jesus. And I saw something different. I began to seek after him and found out that he was looking for me. And uh, the day I became a Christian, I was 15 years old, and uh, I was on a, a youth, they invited me on a youth event to go water skiing, and so I was there for a week. Uh, it was, I was on a houseboat, which means that we were stuck in the water, and I couldn't go get away from these Christians for a whole week. And uh, by the end of the week, uh, they invited us to receive Jesus, and I remember my first prayer was a very simple prayer. I just said, God, if you really love me, and if Jesus really died for me, and if you want my life, you can have me. And I'm telling you, everything changed. The Holy Spirit came in, my heart changed. And that night, as I went to bed, I prayed my second prayer. My first prayer was to receive Jesus. I never prayed before. Uh, my second prayer was, God, what do you want me to do now? Mm. And I felt an absolute clear, uh, clear leading and a call to spend the rest of my life telling people about Jesus. And yeah. so at 15 years old, I felt a call to be a pastor and an evangelist. And that's all I've been doing ever since. And, uh, I went home and told my parents I was going to be a pastor, and I was a Christian, and my dad said, you'll get over it. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I got to tell you, and I got to tell your congregation, those that are listening, I haven't gotten over it yet. I love Jesus more than ever. Yeah, and it's something you never get over. It just continues to grow, doesn't it, for sure? Yeah, it sure does. It's real. Yes, sir. So what led you, you go from that moment to when you're a teenage and teenage man, knowing that you're going to become a pastor and becoming a, a, a minister, what leads you to Michigan and what puts you on the course that you, you've been on now? So uh, I became a pastor and uh, not, not at 15, but I finished school and went to college and did my seminary work and became a pastor. And uh, I was, I knew I wanted to do a, a, a doctoral program to develop resources to help churches uh, reach out naturally with the love of Jesus or what became organic outreach international. Right. And, uh, and so the seminary I went to happened to be in Holland, Michigan, Western Theological Seminary, and they allowed me to design, uh, really design the program I wanted to create the resources I wanted to. And so I went to the seminary there. My wife was born and raised in Michigan. And I'll be honest with you, and this is just a word about Christian family. You know, as my kids were growing up, I love my parents, uh, my siblings, but there, you know, in over 100 people in my extended family, there was only two Christians, me and one other person. So I always had prayed, Lord, maybe sometime we could live near Sherry's family because she grew up in a godly Christian home with parents who loved Jesus. Uh, my wife went to church Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday night, and she liked it, you know, and she really did. And so uh, by God's grace, we spent five years uh, while I was doing my doctoral work in Holland, Michigan. Uh, not in Holland, we were in the Grand Rapids area. I was pastoring while I went to school. And then the Lord just kept me there for another 15 years. And my three sons uh, grew up in West Michigan and uh, two of them live back there now, and we love that part of the world. And so uh, I ended up in Michigan following God's call to learn and also an, an answered prayer to be near Christian family. And it was so good for my boys to grow up around a grandpa and grandma and aunts and uncles who loved Jesus. That was, that was powerful. 
Absolutely, absolutely. What what God did for you uh, more, obviously by saving you, but then by also placing you in the family that you did to marry into and give your children the raising uh, culture that you did. It's fantastic. Uh, but then you know, home calls. So Shoreline calls you. Uh, how long have you been there? And 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 what what has happened since you've been there? I know that we don't have enough time to talk about all of it, though. But yeah. Well, Shoreline uh, had been started by a gentleman named Howie. He was a great guy, kind of a real heart for the community and reaching out with Jesus. So he started a church in this area that never had a church more than about three or four hundred people. Uh, Monterey is a small town area. Uh, it's a coastal, California coastal area, very mixed uh, politically, uh, not a lot of Christian faith. Uh, and he started a church here that grew uh, to be a real influential church in the area. And I began to um, consult him and work with him to try to help him figure out how to keep reaching out. And then he knew he was going to retire and said, would you consider being a pastor out here? And I said, no, for a year and a half. I said, I'm writing three books on evangelism. I'm developing organic outreach. And over those next three and a half years, they kept the process of looking. And finally, uh, I felt like God released me. Uh, I'd finished some work I had to be doing for organic outreach and stepped into being the senior pastor here 11 years ago. And uh, it's, uh, it's been an amazing 11 years in an area that is, um, that's radically diverse, that's radically, um, in many ways, very non-Christian. Uh, this shoreline has become a church that we... Um, the numbers are crazy, but you know, our, our database, we have about 18,000 people that would say they're connected to the church. We have about 7,000 that are regularly engaged. And that's a, that's a town where one of the towns we draw from, Pacific Grove, the largest church is 85 people. Mm. So it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not because there's lots of big churches around here. Uh, it's really because our, our focus is not just to glorify God. It's not just to grow believers, which are what we do. Right. But our, our focus is also to be a church that reaches out with the love and the grace of Jesus and fulfills the great commission. So all of our church members are praying for their neighbors. They're sharing the love of Jesus. Uh, every, I have people who will move the area and say, I started coming to church because, because six different people, the first week I lived here, six different people invited me to come to shoreline. Um, nice. And they say, so I'm here. Uh, what, what do you, what are you guys all about? And, and many times they're not Christians, but they've been invited to be part of God's family before, before they're God, part of God's family, if you know what I mean. I, yes. Well, you call them pre-Christians, right? pre family there, there you go. Absolutely. Yep. They're on the way. So, it, well, anyway, that brings us into this because this book has changed my ministry and my life, Organic Outreach, from you guys. Uh, and yeah. and you, you've done, this book has been, it's a great resource for people uh, in the church, but you've also got it for family. You've got it for uh, teens and, and for, for all different areas of life with that. And what I love about it, Kevin, is that you've lived it. This is not some concept that you just dreamt up. This is your life and how you're leading your family and leading people to Jesus. Uh, I love how listening to you talk, you talk to our pastors uh, on our Zoom call in our district and then hearing you at M19. And then we did on a Wednesday night, uh, went through the whole organic outreach uh, to try to reach out to people. We did the, the steps with the videos at church. Uh, and I love your stories about your church, the lady coming up to... Uh, you know, to the altar and her language may not have been totally cleaned up yet and all that stuff, but she, <laughs> the Lord. And, you know, you just, I love the fact that you're real and you're living the life that, that uh, just glorifies God and all that you do, reaching out to your own dad. He's probably number yeah, one, yeah. unless he's been saved since I've been able to hear you talk last, he's been number one on your discipleship list, hasn't he? Well, my, so my dad, just for, for anyone who's listening to know to pray, my dad's name is Terry. 
and he's not yet a follower of Jesus, he's gone from being an atheist to being an agnostic to being what I would say is a friendly theist. He believes there's a God and he's open to God. Every time I'm with him, he'll let me pray with him. He, he Now he says, amen. He used to just listen. Now he says, amen. And the last time I was with him, uh, I tell you, Brian, last time I was with him, I shared the gospel again. I walked through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. I said, dad, I want so much for you to know Jesus. Where are you at? And he said, he said, I think I'm slowly drifting towards your way of seeing things. And I said, Dad, can you drift a little faster? And he said, well, he says, I'm, I'm, I'm more and more open. And so uh, would you pray for Terry and just uh, keep praying with me? And, and my, he lives near my little sister in North Carolina, who's a great committed Christian. She became a Christian about five years after I did. Now all five of the kids in my family that were all raised as atheists were all Christians. And three of us are in ministry. Oh. And so, uh, so God's, God's moving and, and our dad's next. We're praying that God will draw his heart to himself. I don't think your dad has a chance. I think he's surrounded and he's going to have to come out with his hands up pretty much. Let's, let's pray. Let's pray that it's soon because I think the Lord would like to use him. He's, he'd be, I'd like to see my dad used for the glory of Jesus. Well, he's moving the right direction uh, for yeah. sure, from atheist yeah. to I'm starting to see things your way. So uh, yeah. that's fantastic. I love your heart in this. So not long ago, or before we got even got to meet you at M19, RDS had a pastor's uh, meeting with us, just uh, pretty much a, a time to encourage us. And he read from the book, which was the first time I was able to hear uh, any parts of the book. And it grabbed my heart at that very moment. Uh, what led you, you, you talked about it earlier on, and this is uh, a great resource for churches to plug into it because it's not this. And I love being on the website. I have my account on the Organic Outreach website. You go on and get the... Uh, how many how many years of outlines you got seven seven years of agendas with with free videos prayer direction scripture reading everything you need to keep 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 that focus up to jesus into fellowship and out to the world which is why god's using you because it's all it when you say organic explain why you went with the word organic from that i think i know why but well, because I want people to understand that it, it can be natural for us. Just, just If you love a sports team, you talk about it. If you love a restaurant, you talk about it. If you, if you love hot sauce, I love hot sauce, man. Get, to, get me talking about hot sauce. My mouth starts, my mouth's watering right now, you know. Um, you, talk, you talk about things you're excited about, and right. Christians can naturally talk about Jesus. Because what's better, if Jesus isn't better than hot sauce or your favorite restaurant, something's wrong, right? Amen. So I really believe that our, our conversations can be natural, and that's why I use the word organic. Which is great because you get into the, and you talk about this, uh, how everybody, we want to eat cleaner and, and in your part of the world, you know, all that health yeah. and, and all that's big time, right? Uh, yeah. and so when you look at that with this, but what I love again is your website's free, all the accounts are that way. And if anybody has ideas, plug them in there. It's a sharing area. You're not, you're not holding all this together hostage, you know? Yeah. And we now have, you know, we have our podcast and we now have, uh, uh, a newsletter that's and, and everything newsletter is free podcast is free everything on the website is free the only thing that people have to pay for is if we come you know if we do training uh, or or if they want books because they're owned by a publisher but I've got the publisher with the Nazarene church you guys get the best deal of any group anywhere because there's so many Nazarene churches that are using it we got your special spot on the Zondervan website so you guys get the best deal out there I didn't know that I was getting it off of uh I think it was Amazon or whatever. I need to go back and, and read So, it. yeah, let me make a note. I'll, I'll make sure, well, you know, contact our offices and talk to Robin, and she'll, uh, she'll tell you how to, the, there's a Nazarene landing site where uh, you guys get, I think, half off, which is, is what I get. You get the same deal I get. So 
I, I, I negotiated that about three years ago for you guys. So somebody needs to let you know. <laughs> I'm the last to know much of anything. So it doesn't really matter, I guess. You get the Kevin Harney himself discount. That's pretty high up the wall there. Um, and so when you dig into this, the, the nuts and bolts of organic outreach is simply, you're not telling people what to do. You're looking inward to say, what do we want to become? And then how do we take it from there? And, you know, I'm not trying to ask you to explain this whole book in 10 minutes, but uh, the, the nuts and bolts of it kind of take us through that. Yeah, so I, I'll give you a snapshot. You know, I, uh, studies, studies would show that about 3%, ballpark 3% of Christians have the gifting and the calling of an evangelist. Uh, and, and I'm one of those people. When I became a Christian, I began sharing my faith. I, I'm, an evan I'm a pastor who's an evangelist. And so about 3% of Christians go, this is easy. I can just do it. I don't really think about it. Uh, but that means about 97% of Christians are not gifted as an evangelist, but they are called to be salt and light. Everyone in your church who loves Jesus, they are called to shine the light of Jesus, and they're called to give an account for the hope that's in them. So what I've done with Organic Outreach for Churches is I've asked the question, how can a church help their congregational members step into the very thing they want to do. Here's, I, I've, never met, I've never been to your church, but I can guarantee you something about every Christian in your church. They have people in their life that aren't Christians, and they love them with the love of Jesus, and they want their friends and family to come to know Jesus. I know that, because if you're a Christian, you have the heart of Jesus. You're becoming like Jesus. Sure and so Organic Outreach for Churches, all it is is helping you as a pastor and your board uh, know how to walk with your congregation to take that 97% of people and help them do the thing that they most want to do. And that is let people know about Jesus's love. And so, you know, that, that book is helping your church find a natural pathway to every 30 days, make sure that you bring this up because we forget about it and we get off the track. Right. Yeah. And then the book organic arts for ordinary people is helping just ordinary folks take that next step deeper. And then the book, Organic Arts for Families, which we wrote, Sharon and I wrote with our three sons, um, just says, how do you turn your home into that lighthouse where all your neighbors, whether they're down the road in a, in a farmhouse or whether they're right next door in a housing tract, all your neighbors know that, hey, that's the home where they pray and that's the home where they love. And we may not believe in this Jesus, but they sure do. And they're nice people. And how you turn your home into a place that shows the love of Jesus. And so, you know, my goal has been to, to take everything that I'm learning, and I get to travel around the world and talk to the, the smartest leaders. I don't consider myself all that smart, but I, I listen to a lot of people, and I can gather ideas and put them together, and I can say them in a way that ordinary people understand. You know, to me, I guess that, you know, is, is saying, how can an ordinary person read this and go, and that's why it's called Organic Outreach for Ordinary People. Um, how can ordinary people read this and go, you know what? I could do this. I can, I can shine the light of Jesus. And so that's my heart's dream, and that's my, my life goal, and that's, what I, that's why I'm you know, taking this time right now. I'm not charging you to have this conversation. I'm just here to serve you because this is what my life is about, helping churches be what God's called them to be. Amen. Amen. And that's what we all need. We need that helping hand, and you are such a blessing in that to uh, try to make sure everybody's on board with it and to give them the, the things that you brought in. Isn't that biblical? You take oh. and pour it into you and pour that into other lives and just share yeah. it which is how you do your site. You say nothing here uh, is brand new and, or proprietary, you know. Uh, I, I talk about a lot of the things that you've written. What I love uh, into the organic, into the outreach part, which is what our church is right in the middle of doing right now. We are right in the middle of digging trenches and uh, pouring footers of outreach, trying to do that kind of thing. Talk a little bit about the, the level of uh, outreach level. You have to, the zero level up to, is it four or five? 
and yeah. explain wrapping it around it. Why are we doing what we're doing? There needs to be a reason why. Yeah, so I'll say to your, your, your congregation that's listening, if you're wondering, what's our pastor doing? What's this all about? I can tell you what, he's, what your pastor's doing and what your board members are, are supporting. And that is that they know that every person out in your community who doesn't know Jesus is loved by God, is lost because of their sin, and Jesus died to save them. And you know that too. So what, what your pastor and what your board and what your leaders are doing is they're saying, okay, then we want to prepare to reach those people in natural ways, in organic ways. So what I tell churches is I tell them there's lots of different ways to reach out. There's only one gospel. There's only one Jesus, but there's lots of ways to share him. And so I talk about intensity levels. And if you do an outreach, if you're trying to reach out, maybe you have a service where you preach the gospel, you ask people to raise their hand or come forward afterwards to receive Jesus. You give them their first Bible. You ask if they want to be baptized. You tell them, here's someone to mentor you and disciple you. We call that level four, man. That's the big, that's, that's the granddaddy. That's the grandma. That's everything, man. That's the kitchen sink. And so level four is our biggest one. And uh, I did a level four Sunday last Sunday. And we wow. had people put, faith, put their faith in Jesus Christ. And so, so level four is, is, you know, just present the gospel, come forward, you know, kind of come to the altar, come and receive, start your journey of growth. Level three is maybe a youth camp where you present the gospel, someone receives Jesus, you take their hand, you start walking with them. But it may be a come forward, it might be just a talk with a friend, but it's presenting the gospel, moving forward in faith. But it's not necessarily the stand-up come forward at that moment. It's a little bit more gentle. I do those probably eight times a year, ten times a year in a Sunday service. I do a level four probably ten times a year in a Sunday service. Not every week, because uh, if I'm preaching on parenting, and at the end of the message I say, now do you want to receive Jesus? If it's a first-time person, they're going to say, well, you didn't really share the gospel. I mean, I, I got to share the gospel to invite somebody to respond to the gospel. Right. Uh, a level two is a little softer approach. Uh, that is where you're serving in your community, doing invite, you know, inviting people to come to your campus for a special event. And what you're doing is you're training your people how to have spiritual conversations, how to talk about faith. And you're expecting there to be a lot of spiritual conversations. So we had a half an hour line out at our church uh, food pantry yesterday. Uh, mm. And uh, we ser we're serving 190 families a week right now out of our food pantry. And every single person, we open the door for a spiritual conversation. Sometimes there's a line because our people don't just say, here's a bag of food. They say, can we pray for you? Right. And they say, can we, you know, here's some information about the church. And, and, and if they want to have a spiritual conversation, they'll park the car and they'll talk about Jesus. And so we're expecting to have those spiritual conversations. If the moment's right, we'll share the gospel. But it's not as, it's not as intense. And then the level one, we tell people it's when you hope to have a spiritual conversation. You don't know for sure. But when we, uh, we go out and serve in the community and do events, alongside of people we're hoping to have those spiritual conversations and then i tell people level zero is when jesus is not allowed to be talked about not there not part of it uh and 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 we say as a church we don't do level zero because if you know 10 different community groups did a level zero and we do it nobody can tell us from anybody else then it's not that's we tell people that's good things go go help that's great but our church events are going to bring jesus we're always going to be about the gospel level one very gentle level two a little more intense Level three, we're going to share the gospel. Level four, we're going to share the gospel and call for a public commitment. And so what we do is we look at everything we're doing and we give it a number. And I tell churches, and I'll tell you with your church, you have to have a balanced menu. You know, you want to have some level fours. And some people say, well, should everything be level four? No, because some people aren't going to come to a level four thing. Right. Uh, we've had people come to know Jesus at a level one event or relational connection, and then they start growing in faith. So that's kind of a snapshot. Which is a great one. And I love your zero. You're saying that Jesus isn't going to be shared. Well, we're not doing that because we're a church. 
but that opens yeah. the door to serve in the community and yeah, be part exactly. of it. Uh, and so you got to have, you're right, the balanced diet. And that has helped us in our thinking and still is to say, well, then why are we doing this? What level do you put it on? When you put that level on there, it helps you plan and know yeah. exactly how to be prepared for that kind of thing. Exactly how, right. How has uh, the, the COVID-19 uh, situation kind of affected, because it's affected all of us, but how has that, even when you take it into outreach, that, and especially with your church, what kind of, what kind of things have you dealt with there and, and, and navigated through? Well, I would say we've probably experienced it like most churches have. We're in California where, um, where our political leaders are uh, much more restrictive than other places. Although I got to be honest, in Michigan, you got a pretty tough one there too. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, I got a good friend of mine who knows Gretchen well and uh, watched her grow up. And, uh, and he, 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 you know, it, it's, it's a challenging, uh, it's challenging in both our states. But uh, so what we've done is we just look and say a couple of things. Number one, we say, we keep saying God is on the throne uh, and we are going to serve Jesus, share Jesus, grow believers. So we're doing more online. We're doing more on campus outdoors. So yeah. right now, we, we can't even meet inside uh, right now uh, with anybody okay. um, in California, but yeah. we're doing outdoor services and, and drive-in services, and uh, we're planning to do some outdoor children's and youth events. Uh, and so, what, you know, we, we want to honor God first. We want to we wanna render to Caesar what is Caesar's. We try to be honoring of the government, but we are going to find a way to do what we're doing because God's on the throne and the gospel is still needed. And then we're finding new ways. Uh, we've... we've our, our food pantry is quadrupled yeah. in need and uh, in people coming. And so we're using that as a way to connect with people. Our clothing closet just reopened because we couldn't, we moved it outdoors. And so now we have an outdoor clothing closet that we set up and take down every Tuesday and Thursday. And we'll have maybe, I think, 80 to 90 families come to that each, each time we do it. And so uh, we, just, we just keep uh, pressing forward and knowing that people need Jesus and, uh, and that's, and can I say to, to your listeners right now, uh, pastors right now are working hard. We're trying to figure out, can I do this online? Can I do this live? What can we do? And so pray for pastors at your church and pray for every pastor in your community because they love you. They love your community. And if your church is still talking about outreach in this time, you got a good pastor because a lot of churches in tough times, they say, well, we'll just take care of our sheep and kind of forget about the world. And, and that's exactly what Satan wants. I think Satan is a disruptor. He steals, kills, and destroys. He's a liar and the father of lies. Uh, I'm going to keep going because I don't like Satan. Uh, he's a he's the enemy and he's evil, right? And we and so as you're as you're a church, you keep worshiping God, you keep loving each other, but you keep reaching your community, and God will use you to shine His light. Amen to that. And I don't like him either. I'm I'm in line with you on that one for sure. And I think don't you think that right now the easy thing to do? I, I talked on my devotion yesterday about Elijah. When uh, he came off the mountaintop from praying fire down, all it took was a discouraging word from Jezebel to put him yep. in the dump. That's kind of what's happened. Unforeseen things put us there. You, you, you have to regroup a little bit, I'll be honest. But where you're at now, I think, is one of the best opportunities for the church to outreach yes. because we're having yep. to get creative. And yep. anytime the creativity is on a high level, good things happen. And yep. I, know, I know that's what you do, COVID-19 or not. And this has probably just sent you into hyper creativity drive, really. And we've actually had some of our folks that are volunteering in our food pantry and clothes closet uh, invite their young adult uh, children who aren't followers of Jesus to come along and help. And they're now coming and helping and they're becoming warmer towards the church and warmer towards Jesus. 
and, be, and we'll let them help in those kind of ministries where they're alongside of Christians who are shining the light and who are praying for people and talking with people about Jesus. And so, uh, yeah, you're exactly right. We can look at each situation and we can curl up in a ball and quit, or we can say, you know what? Uh, the, the gates of hell will not prevail against a church Amen. that is following Jesus. And, uh, and I know Cherry Grove Nazarene Church is following Jesus. You're going to keep pressing forward. We're trying our best, aren't we? We've got a good leader, that's for sure. We just get behind him and go. Um, Amen. Talk about real quick, and then, and then we'll, we'll close here. I got your, your newest book. I think it's your newest one. About Is it your best no? Uh, oh, oh, no is a beautiful word. No is a beautiful word. That's the yeah. one, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, I've, I've started it. I, I haven't finished it yet, but I have started it. Uh, to pile in with all that we're talking about here, how easy is it for you? Somebody has a great idea and they're excited about it and you kind of already hear it and you're thinking it may not be the greatest thing in the world or even for your time. I'm very appreciative of you taking the time to talk to me today. How, how important is it? Speak to leaders right now, especially pastors, but even people just parents and, and hardworking people saying no to the, to the right things uh, can be very powerful. How hard of a, of a trade is that to develop? So in the book, I deal with, uh, I really, uh, and I'll tell you, it's interesting. Um, this is a book that uh, Barnes & Noble, one of the largest uh, you know, bookstores in the country, they, they ordered 5,000 copies when it came out and put it in their stores. And they almost never order books by, written by pastors or Christian books. But I wrote it so you could give it to a friend who's not a Christian. And, and my faith comes through loud and clear. But it's, there's so many practical things for real life. that If you know a friend that's too busy or overextended, you can give it to them. And they would then... Uh, not only start to learn how to say no, but they would also learn a little bit about Jesus along the way. Okay. Uh, but I, what I tell people is, if your life is full, it's your life's like a pie, and you cut it into pieces. There's only so many, so much time in a day, so many pieces in the pie. And so, you know, when when if your if your plate's full and you shove something more on the plate, something's going to fall off the other side. And too often, it's our faith, our children, our life, uh, our marriage. And so I tell people, you have to learn to say no. To the wrong things, even good things that aren't the right things for you, but you're saying no so you can say yes to the things that matter most. Right. And I'll tell you what, as a pastor, a pastor who can't say no is not going to be a strong pastor over time. Uh, a pastor needs to be loving and kind and smile and say, you know, thanks for that idea. But you know what, right now we're focusing on this. And so, and, and so I really believe that no is a beautiful word. Uh, when you learn to say no the right way, kindly, but clearly, then you can become much more fruitful. I have people ask me, how do you, how do you get so much done? And I tell them, because I say no all the time. And you're, and you're right. I get a lot of invitations to do, uh, to do things like this and, and meet with your congregation. And one of the reasons I'm, I'm meeting with you is that I, I, I know Michigan, I know your district, and also I love, I love the Nazarene Church. I, my wife and I are kind of, have sort of been adopted into the Nazarene Church, and we feel like we're part of the family. And so, um, you know, I, I tell people, I say no to way more things than I say yes to. Uh, and but when I say yes, I feel honored to serve. Well, I'm honored that you would be on with me today. And we love you too as a, as a Nazarene church. In fact, we had great speakers at M19. And not just because you're, you're sharing a screen with me right now. And we had top-notch ones all the way across. And they had you come on and do uh, the devotional parts of each service. I don't know how many of us were talking. Man, we wish Harney could be the main speaker and just keep talking. That's why we took uh, your, your workshops with Organic Outreach. We wanted more of it because... You're an anointed man of God, and uh, you're doing what he lays before you with excellence and with all you've got. So uh, you become you become a hero of mine. I'm following you whether you know it or not. 
if you hear weird noises behind you, that's me behind you, uh, walking right behind you there. So uh, I'm honored that you would take time to, to spend with us today, Pastor Kevin. So thank you so much and blessings on your family and the church there and all that you're doing. And uh, if you see a request come through the website, speaking request for you to come to, to Cherry Grove sometime, give it prayerful consideration, okay? We'll take care of you the best way we know how. Absolutely. I would be honored if, as we close here, if I could just say a prayer for you and for your church. Yes, sir. Yes, right. sir. Yes. Lord Jesus, we love you. I, I pray uh, for, for Pastor Brian. I pray for his life, for his family, and I pray for the family at, at Cherry Grove Nazarene Church. Lord, will you fill them with your spirit? Will you help them to worship you with fresh passion, to grow with just increasing fervor and excitement to become like Jesus? And will you help every believer in that church, from the youngest boy and girl who has put their faith in you, to the most elderly person in the congregation, that they would shine the light of Jesus, that they're probably part of that 97% that isn't an evangelist, but they love you, Jesus, and they love the people in their life that don't know you. And I pray you would just use their pastor, their board, and their, their outreach team to really equip every believer for that work of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. I thank you for the Nazarene Church, for all that it means in my life, for all that you're doing through the Nazarene Church around the world and around the United States and right there in Michigan and in, in the Cadillac area. Would you bless and keep this church and these leaders, and would you take them right where you want them to be for the glory of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. We're God bless you. Have a, have a great day. You too. Thank you. Yeah.